Welcome to the PCS to Corporate America podcast from Cameron Brooks. Our mission here at Cameron Brooks is to help educate junior military officers about their transition options and to inspire veterans to transform their lives and their careers. Hello, everybody. Joel Junker here, Senior Vice President Partner with Cameron Brooks, and welcome to another episode of the Cameron Brooks podcast, PCS to Corporate America. Now, typically, we have a guest or we do a roundtable uh, conversation on our podcast. But occasionally, our podcast manager, Hope Nunnally, asked me to do one of these mini, what she calls a mini-sode, where um, it's more of me talking about some interviewing or transition topic. And that's what we have here in this episode, where I want to share some of my insight or wisdom on the military to business transition, specifically some background on what companies look for in a military officer when they hire them. Or another way to think about what are the three things you need to do in an interview to convert an interview to a pursuit from the company or a yes, they want to see in the next step. Or if you are in the next step to what are the three things that you need to do to ultimately earn that offer. So everything that I've really learned here at Cameron Brooks on interviewing, I have to go back and give credit to Roger Cameron. I, I really have not learned or developed anything new on my own about interviewing. Everything that I've taken um, and deliver and still teach today has come from what Roger Cameron taught me when I was a candidate 24 years ago and the, the 10 years that I was able to work with Roger uh, before he retired. And and Roger taught me, which is still fundamental today, there's three fundamental keys of what companies look for in an officer, or another way to say this is three things that you must do in an interview to earn that to be a positive result. Number one, ability. You need to demonstrate the ability to do the position. Do you have the traits, the characteristics, the experiences to be successful in the role? Seems obvious, right? Nothing new there. But once you move beyond the ability, these next two may not seem quite as like on the surface um, intuitive, but but they probably are when you give it some thought. Number two, you got to be interested. You have to demonstrate interest. And then third, rapport, what Roger called BLT. And no, not a sandwich, but actually an acronym for believable, likable, and trustworthy. And I know it probably seems, oh, that's fine. That makes sense. But yet when people do the interview prep, the majority of time they spend their preparation on is developing answers that show their abilities. And they'll do like 95% of their prep on how can they show their ability. They might do some background and uh, research on a company or a position and, um, uh, and, and they probably do very little practice on actually building rapport, which is really one of the big keys. And that's actually where I want to start. Here's where I, I pivot a little bit from Roger. And I pivot from Roger where he would start with ability, interest, and then finish with rapport. I'm going to start with rapport, the BLT factor. Now, it takes all three, ability, interest, and rapport. So don't get me wrong. It takes all three. But I want to start here because I believe this is one of the most important because it is one of the reasons that people get ruled out in the most common reasons people get ruled out in an interview, in my experience. 
And the reason is, is that companies, when they envision you, they sit across from you and they're listening to you and hearing your answers. They're envisioning you working with their customers or their team members or peers or bosses, but they're envisioning you that environment and they're going to put their name beside you that they were involved in the hiring. They're going to think, do they, they, can the team get along with you? Would they work? Will you build the team up? You, do you add to it? Will you fit with them naturally? Now, they are looking for diversity of thought. They are looking for diversity of experiences. You don't need to be like them. That's very different. But are you somebody that can collaborate, engage, that can work through conflict professionally? So that's why this rapport and believability and likability and trustworthy factor is so important. There is a study, and I'm going to probably not say this person's name accurately, but Albert Morabian from the University of California, Los Angeles, on our power to influence. And he came up with this factor of 55387. And it became this rule that 55% of our ability to influence is actually though our body language. 38% is our tone of voice. And the last 7% is what we say. How this fits with the BLT and the rapport is a lot of what you communicate in the interview in building rapport is the way that your body language leans forward. Your eyes light up. You smile. You lean in. Maybe even take a note. Nod. Maybe politely interject, paraphrasing something that you've just learned. But this rapport gets, gets dropped off sometimes. And I think that's because in the military, rapport is not something that's necessary to be successful. You have rank or when you, to, to influence, or when you're in with your boss, I always like to joke, when you have to go see a commander or a, somebody rank or two ahead of you, you probably want to get in there and get out as quickly as you can. So you don't want to say much. You don't want to interact much to try to stir the pot. You want to get in, get out. <laughs> and, and so it's not something that you would naturally do in, in an environment like that. So it's really important to practice that of a good handshake, a good smile naturally listening and body language and voice inflections peaking and, and uh, modulating over time, using first names, using the company's name. Active listening, meaning you listen, you can be able to paraphrase back to somebody very briefly something you've heard. Those are ways that you can build rapport and you actually can practice before you ever interview. You can practice at church. You can practice in the grocery store colleagues at work. Certainly, if you do partner with somebody like Cameron Brooks, you have lots of opportunities in our coaching sessions to do that with, with us as well. And then during an interview, when most interviews are conversational, the key there is to actively keep doing that during the interview, always building that rapport. Okay, now we go to ability. You know, I would, when I'm teaching interviewing and about being successful in an interview, you've got to step into the shoes of the recruiter. The recruiter has a problem. It has an open, he or she has an open position that nobody's in that position right now delivering value. And they want to find somebody who can deliver the most value in this position. Somebody that can get the job done, grow into higher levels of leadership responsibility. And as they sit across from you and listen to you, they're envisioning you in their position. They're already, as I said before, envisioning you working with the team, but now they're envisioning you doing the role. 
and how you would do it and the kind of the, and the results that you would get. So most of these interviews are conversational. Question, it's not like a question you answer. They ask a question you answer, question answer. It's not like it's more like a tennis match. They hit a ball, you hit a ball back, they kind of volley back and forth, this conversation back and forth. And as they're doing this with you, they're imagining you in the position. And this is really difficult for a junior officer to help them get to see you in the position because unlike an industry hire, it's easy for them to imagine an industry hire in the position. Because what they're going to talk about is so similar to the role that they have open. You're having to relate things. So you're challenged with that. So it's even more important when you're in the interview, well, they're trying to imagine you in the role. You need to put yourself in the position and imagine yourself in the role and listen to their questions, why they're asking you these questions, and then give them answers that help them extrapolate what you've done in the military to help you see you in the position. So, for example, if you were somebody was going to ask you a question in an interview for consulting, where you're working across an organization in a customer site, client site, not leading teams but managing projects cross functions, tell me about a time you changed a process. You would talk about a time that you worked across a group and your unit, but weren't leading people directly and had to work with other officers and change a process. Well, now, what if you go into a, a manufacturing interview and they ask you the same question, tell me that I changed your process? You probably wouldn't give the same answer because in a manufacturing interview, you're leading the team directly and you're around a bunch of equipment and systems. So you probably talk about it at a time you led a team directly through changing a process. The question's exactly the same in terms of the words, but in the context of the interview and putting yourself in the role, it actually changes now. So that's why it's really important to put yourself in a job and listen. And then answer the question. Now, in terms of the characteristics that companies are looking for, this varies depending on the position. If it's an engineering role or manufacturing role, sales role, finance position, data analytics role. But they all really come down to what we call the three Ps, your ability to lead people. Now, in manufacturing or logistics job, it might be leading a team directly. Consulting or sales, it's leading up. You people that don't have authority over or maybe cross-functional. Projects is the next P. Now, in engineering, there would be more technical projects. And, and in uh, business analysis, it might be more data analytics-related projects. So, But there's still projects within them problem-solving. Your leaders solve problems. And so there's these nuances of that. So before you get into the interview, you want to have an idea of those three Ps and which kind of people leadership, project leadership, or problem solving it is. And then when you get into the role, you're putting yourself in the role, having that tennis match back and forth and listening to the recruiter and delivering answers that help them see you in the position. So the last factor, interest, and actually really important also, and one that probably gets skipped over as much as building rapport. Well, everybody, it's easy to say, yeah, wouldn't they just judge it based on my ability to do the job? The recruiters also want to know that you're interested because they're looking for commitment. Commitment from the first standpoint that they bring you back for a follow-up interview that you're going to show well to the people that they bring you back 
to see that they're not that they're not wasting their time. It's a good investment of their time with the follow-up interview process, or of giving you an offer if you're in that part of the process, or probably most importantly, if they do offer you, that you're committed because it's an investment to bring you in, that you're going to like this. They don't want to waste time and investment to people who aren't interested. And I've seen people turn an average interview on rapport and ability with exceptional questions and statements of interest that turn it into a very successful interview. So how do you show interest? Well, body language, I mentioned that before, the way that you listen, your eyes light up, your ears, or excuse me, not your ears, a smile goes to your ears, I should say, you take a note. But then actually what you can do other ways is ask good questions, show curiosity of how you want, the, wanting to learn more about the position, asking questions about the position so that you could do a good job in the role. And you ask questions about the position because the, remember the main problem the recruiter has is this open position designed to bring value. And the questions you ask are not about so you can make a good decision, but actually so you can learn more, so you can come in and do a good job. It's a different way of thinking about it. And I always recommend people think about asking questions from the standpoint of imagine the person you're interviewing with is sitting right across from you. They're in the role today and you were to start tomorrow and they weren't going to be there and you couldn't call them. What would you want to know about the role so you could step in and do a good job? You wouldn't ask, tell me about a typical day. How many people am I going to work with? You'd ask things like, what's the major initiative that I'm going to walk into on day one? What what are some of the, the larger ch challenges and projects around optimization if it's a manufacturing one? What Lean Six Sigma initiatives will I get involved with? What are some of the customer orders that I'll be working on in terms of quality and accuracy, depending on the job description? Of course, I'm giving you some sample deeper questions than tell me about a typical day or tell me about my team, which are surface level questions. They don't really show interest. They show checking a box instead of actually demonstrating interest. So the next thing that you want to do before you go in is have like two reasons that you like the company, two reasons that you like the position. And you have what you like about the company and why support it two times, two times on the position as well. Now, will you actually use these in the interview? Probably not because you have this tennis match going back and forth. You might use other things, but the whole point is, is that you have done some research ahead of time and be prepared in case you are asked. And then when you get into the interview, you will have opportunities to proactively bring out reasons that you're interested in the position of the company, proactively ask questions and do that through the interview, not waste to be asked. And then finally, in the end of the interview, you will make a closing statement of letting them know you're appreciative to be in the interview, that you are, uh, why you're interested in the company and that you really hope to have an opportunity to go to the next step. Three steps at the end, so you leave no doubt. That's what they look for and they want to be closed. They wanna know at the end of the interview how you feel about all this. And speaking of feeling, when you're interviewing, you're selling. Yeah, you might not be interviewing for sales career. You're selling yourself to a customer, the company, the position that has a need. And people buy from people that they like. And that's why it's so important to build rapport and demonstrate interest. And yes, show your ability.
So if you want more insight on what companies look for uh, JMOs and candidates, you can email me at jjunker. So my first initial, my last name at cameron-brooks.com. We can set up an appointment to talk. We have our book, PCS to Corporate America, fourth edition. We have a new addition to our website, our transition tool section. You can find that at cameron-brooks.com forward slash JMO forward slash transition tools forward slash. Again, that's cameron-brooks.com forward slash JMO forward slash transition hyphen tools forward slash. Thanks for listening. Look forward to working with you to help you reach your goals.